It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hey, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, partner at the law firm of Mauk and Baker. And we're Christian attorneys serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Or call us at 312-726-1243. Do Jews need Jesus? Are you Jewish and wondering, do you need Jesus? Do you have Jewish friends? Uh, Have you tried to share the gospel with Jewish people and been frustrated? Well, today we're going to talk with Avi Snyder, the author of Jews Don't Need Jesus and Other Misconceptions, a book by Moody Publishers uh, that addresses the age-old debate of Jesus' significance to the Jewish people. Avi is the European Missionary Director for Jews for Jesus, an organization composed primarily of Jewish followers of Jesus the Messiah. Their mission is to make the Messiahship of Jesus an unavoidable issue for the Jewish people. Avi, God bless you and welcome to our show. Thank you so much, John, for having me on. Why did you need to write this book, Jews Don't Need Jesus? and other misconceptions. Why is it a misconception that Jews don't need Jesus? Well, over the last um, years, I have been encountering uh, an increased um, statement, uh, I guess you could say an increasing teaching, uh, among uh, theologically conservative-minded believers in Jesus, who on the one hand they say that uh, they love my Jewish people, which is always, of course, a great blessing to hear, and then they go on to tell me how I shouldn't be sharing the gospel with my Jewish people because uh, didn't I know that we Jews don't need to believe in Jesus? We're uh, just fine with God just because we're Jews. And uh, it's very, very distressing because um, whether or not a person, Jewish or non-Jewish, believes in Jesus is a life-and-death issue. Uh, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And when he said those words in historical context, he was speaking to an exclusively Jewish group of people. Um, so uh, I felt really compelled to address that issue and to address uh, the arguments that I've been hearing in the hopes that, um, that Christians who have been misled by that false teaching will understand, yes, we Jews do need Jesus, and so does everyone else. And, and it's particularly distressing uh, when you when you see this spreading among evangelicals. Why do you think that people who believe the Bible are, are, are falling for this lie that Jews don't need Jesus? Well, there are a lot of different reasons. In fact, I've discovered that uh, a dominant reason very often depends upon geography. Um, for example, uh, in Germany or in uh, other Central and Eastern European countries where our history is, is so tragic and so dark, there's, uh, there's such a strong sense of, of guilt and shame um, over uh, the silence of uh, much of the church during the Holocaust, um, crimes committed uh, in the name of Jesus in the past by people who claimed to be Jesus, but whose actions clearly showed that uh, they were acting in, in absolute contradiction to everything that Jesus taught and said. 
And so there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of shame and there's a desire uh, not to present any message to my people that would be um, offensive or risk uh, rejection. Uh, it's kind of uh, the extreme of being a little bit too nice. Conflict avoidance? Yeah, and, uh, and so as a result, uh, the most loving message that you can present to any person, including uh, a Jewish person, gets thrown out the window in the name of love. All right. Well, what are, what are some of the common reasons that people give uh, based on their scriptural understanding uh, for, f for the fallacy that Jews don't need Jesus? Well, I'll give you some of the common um, uh, misconceptions uh, that, they, that people will base on the scripture. But even before I do that, I, w I want to stress the fact that the real issue is never uh, the scripture. The real issue is, is people's fear underneath, the fear of, of rejection, the fear of, of being turned away. But the, um, the arguments that I encounter will be, for example, people will say, well, uh, Paul said that all Israel will be saved, so there's no need to bring the gospel to my people. And Paul did say all Israel will be saved, but you can't confuse um, the fact of, of uh, the Jewish people's salvation with the manner of uh, that salvation. Paul says in, in Romans 10 uh, that there's only one way uh, for us Jews and for anyone else to be saved, and that's by calling on the name of the Lord. And then in that same context, he goes on to say, um, how should they call if they haven't believed? How should they believe if they haven't heard? How should they hear unless someone preaches? How should someone preach unless he's sent? Uh, so you can't confuse that issue. Uh, another common objection is that we're saved by virtue of the, uh, the, uh, the Abrahamic covenant. But if that were true, then why did Jesus say to Nicodemus, a teacher of the law, the, the teacher of Israel, certainly a member of the Abrahamic covenant, why did Jesus say to him, you must be born again? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of a lot of things. You don't have to really dig that deep, but I'm glad you mentioned the emotional uh, underlying underlying fear. Uh, do people really fear rejection more than they care for the truth? Is that is that what you're saying? Um, actually, it is. Um, rejection, I think, uh, the fear of rejection uh, is perhaps uh, one of the strongest motives that stops most non-believers from being willing to consider Jesus with an open mind. That's certainly true among my people. We know that even just to consider the claims of Yeshua, of Jesus, with an open mind, if that's known, uh, we're going to be viewed as being guilty of cultural treason. Uh, and I think that this fear of rejection is also uh, a dominant fear that stops most serious believers from really uh, doing all that the Lord calls them to do. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauck, partner of the law firm of Mauck & Baker. If you missed part of this episode and want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MaukBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we're speaking with Avi Snyder, author of Jews Don't Need Jesus and Other Misconceptions. Avi, I want to I want to throw in a little uh, story here. When I became a believer and, and uh, was working with uh, our dear friend and your former Jews for Jesus uh, worker uh, Jan Moskowitz, I, I made a list of all my Jewish clients, and Jan said, uh, "If I buy lunch, 
uh, he'd go to lunch with us, uh, uh, with the client and myself, and he'd teach me how to witness, but uh, he'd be sharing the gospel with these Jewish people. So we went through a long list. I had a lot of Jewish clients and friends, and uh, uh, some were very receptive. Some scorned me. Some hung up. I lost some clients. Uh, others were moderately curious, but there was one lady who was so nasty. Uh, she's gone to be with the Lord, by the way. Her, her name is Barbara. <laughs> and, and I put her at the bottom of the list. Every time I came up to her, I'd move her to the bottom of the list because I, I didn't want to uh, encounter her scathing uh, rejection. And uh, finally, the day came when there was nobody else on the list, and I had to call Barbara, and, and, and she said the worst thing possible on the phone. She said, uh, can I bring my husband, Jack? <laughs> because Jack was as acerbic as Barbara. And so uh, we set up the lunch, and uh, uh, Jan and I arrived at the restaurant, and there were Barbara and Jack uh, sitting there. And uh, uh, before I could even introduce Jack, Barbara cut me off with her, her sharp tongue and said, John, how did you know that I've been thinking about what religion to be? Mm, interesting. <laughs> and it just taught me such a lesson that we shouldn't look at the outward appearance, that it's God who's looking at the heart. Have you have you had encounters like that that you that you can share people who seem to be opposed, but then uh, the Jewish people, but then the message got through somehow? Oh yeah, in fact, uh, that's that's true for my myself. Uh, and your story reminds me of uh, of a time years ago when um, a Christian woman arranged for me to have lunch with her and with a Jewish friend of hers, and we sat down and we ordered. And then the first thing that this woman, her name was Connie, the first thing she says to me is, uh, I was much younger than she says to me, you know, Avi, you look like such a nice, intelligent young man. How could you be so stupid as to believe in Jesus? <laughs> okay, that's, that's at, a good, honest introduction. <laughs> right. I, Not that you're stupid, at, but that's what she was thinking, right? <laughs> right. So then I, I looked at her and I smiled and I said, well, Connie, you know, you seem to be such a nice, intelligent, friendly um woman, how can you be so prejudiced and not consider Jesus with an open mind? So we go back and forth, you know, sparring with each other like this for about a minute, and then she stops and she looks at me and she smiles and she says, I like you, Avi, you're okay. You know, sometimes <laughs> this, this acerbic back and forth, you know, it's just a way of us getting to know each other a little bit, but very often there's a genuine, genuine interest underneath. That was certainly true in my case, you know, I used to enjoy debating, arguing with people whom I knew were Christians. But underneath the, uh, the, the argumentativeness, there was, there was a hunger, there was a desire to want to know whether or not it might be true. Well, uh, we'll hear more of that story coming up as we're talking with Avi Schneider, author of Jews Don't Need Jesus and Other Misconceptions about evangelizing the Jewish people. I'm John Mauck, and you've been listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. To learn more about Malk and Baker, go to MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Or you can call us at 312-726-1243.
Sometimes, Jesus used the law to make a difference, and so must we. In his book, Jesus in the Courtroom, author and attorney John Mauck shows us how to engage our modern legal system for the good of the kingdom. Jesus in the Courtroom discusses the need for faith-filled lawyers in order to protect the church and what good can happen when we partner with Christian legal professionals. To order your copy of Jesus in the Courtroom, find it at Moody Publishers or go to JesusInTheCourtroom.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, an attorney with Mauk & Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, you can go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we're speaking with Avi Snyder, author of Jews Don't Need Jesus and Other Misconceptions. Just before the break, Avi, you were telling us how you, as a Jewish person, struggled with faith in Jesus and came to a decision. That's correct. Um, I grew up in a very uh, traditional Jewish home in, in New York and New Jersey. The fact that I'm Jewish has always been very, very central to my identity. It still is, of course. Um, but by the time I was in my early 20s, I, I identified myself as a Jewish atheist. I wasn't really an atheist, though. Uh, I was just angry with God. I was angry because of the Holocaust. I was angry because I thought that uh, our lives were pointless. Um, and um, one day I realized that my anger at God proved that I knew he had to exist. You know, you can't be angry with something who doesn't exist. I'm not angry at the Easter Bunny. I'm not angry at Santa Claus. <laughs> you know? um, so I decided to put aside my anger. It's scripture challenges people like me who... who um, who blame God for everything that, that's wrong in the universe, but, you know, uh, but say he doesn't exist. And the scripture says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart, and then I'll be found by you. So I decided to put aside my anger, and I started just searching. And God and his grace brought two types of people across my path at that point. Now He brought Jews for Jesus across my path, and he brought a Christian family across my path who loved me enough not just to pray for me, uh, but to tell me what I needed to hear. And um, through a lot of reading and uh, through a lot of conversations and through a lot of honest searching, uh, I finally came to the conclusion that according to Moses and the prophets, if, if the scriptures, if the Hebrew scriptures are true, then Jesus has to be who he is. And um, I didn't want to deal with that for a while because I knew there would be consequences if I acted on that. But finally I said, listen, if Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, then the most Jewish thing I can do is to believe in him. And so in March 1977, uh, that's what I did. I made a commitment. I asked Jesus to forgive me, made a commitment to follow him, and I've never regretted it. Wow. And, and not only did he give you new life, but he gave you an abundant life to share this great news with others. Now, you must yes, have uh, encountered so many ob objections when you wrote the book, uh, Jews Don't Need Jesus and Other Misconceptions. But before you even start the apologetic angle and, and, and answering their objections, uh, you have a story about somebody who was questioning uh, but wasn't sure she even or he even wanted to know the truth. Would you share that with us? Oh, yeah. I, I meet so many people who uh, they'll want to talk with me. Um, but, you know, it's very important that you really discern uh, the motive of a heart underneath the question. I remember one time I, uh, in Berlin, um, I was handing out my literature, and this gentleman comes up to me, and uh, he, he identifies himself. He says, um, 
He says, I'm a scientist and an anti-theist. So he wanted me to know right off the bat that this is going to be an adversarial okay. conversation, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then he, he but, asked But he wanted us, to butt heads, obviously. Yeah, he did. And, and, so and he you says, welcome that. You welcome yeah, that. I mean, listen, i got to say that, that about Jews for Jesus. You don't mind arguing with people and, no, and, no. and, and, and uh, wrestling if they have their heart right. So go on. So uh, he, he asked me uh, some kind of question, something like, uh, what did he say? He said, um, he said you know, uh, we know from science that uh, the world is, is hundreds of thousands of years old, uh, and yet, um, uh, according to the scriptures, uh, God didn't start speaking to the human race uh, uh, until maybe just uh, a few thousand years ago. So uh, why was God, God silent all those years? So I looked at him and I said, what do you care? You're an atheist. What do you ask me that for? <laughs> and, he said, <laughs> and he said, no, I want to know. And I said, no, you don't. I said, why don't you ask me something you want to know? And I'll try to give you a serious answer. <laughs> so we talked for a little while more. And then at one point he says to me, he said, you know, I would believe uh, in, in your Jesus if you could show me some compelling evidence. And I said, no, you wouldn't. He said, yes, I would. I said, no, you wouldn't. I said, be honest. This is a closed issue for you. You're committed to not believe you. Therefore, no evidence is going to be compelling. If you're open-minded to look at it with, you know, with an open mind, then I present the information to you. So um, it's really important to determine why, you know, the motive behind a person's um, uh, questions. Jesus did this all the time. You know, people would ask him questions and he knew that they were insincere. And he would say, why are you testing me? Why are you tempting me, hypocrite? Now, I'm not saying we have to be that direct. <laughs> but, but when you raise the issue of the person's motive to him or to her, it gives them the opportunity to answer honestly and to enter into a real conversation. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk of Malcolm Baker, and we're talking to Avi Snyder, author of Jews Don't Need Jesus and Other Misconceptions. Uh, Avi is the European Missionary Director of Jews for Jesus, and we're going to tackle a couple of the hard questions. Uh, once you realize that somebody may really want to know the truth and their, their heart is seeking the truth, how do you deal with a couple of those tough questions like, do Jews go to hell? What's hell if they don't believe in Jesus? Uh, where was Jesus during the Holocaust? Uh, how have you dealt with these, uh, these questions that are in a lot of people's hearts and minds? I'm glad you asked me that. You know, I, I said uh, a moment ago that whether or not a person believes in Jesus is a life and death issue. Jesus isn't an option. Uh, Jesus is an essentiality. Um, uh, that's true for Gentiles, and that's true for Jews. He said to us Jews, I am the way, the truth, the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. He said to us Jews, unless you believe that I am he, uh, you'll die in your sins. He said to us Jews, unless you repent, uh, you'll all perish. Um, this is a life and death issue. And uh, we need to present that lovingly, but we need to present that truthfully. You know, if we were talking about presenting a cure for cancer to somebody, we wouldn't equivocate on what's true. We would present it in, you know, in um, a way that we hope they can receive it. We wouldn't hit them over the head necessarily, but we want them to understand uh, that they need this cure. This is true for all people. Um, 
do the Jewish people perish and spend eternity without God if, if, if we don't repent and place our faith in Jesus? Yes, and so does everyone else. That's why he came, to rescue us from perishing. And then, uh, how, do you, how do you answer those who, who say, well, if he came to rescue us, uh, where was he during the Holocaust? Um, you know, that's one of those questions that we just like to say, you can't answer it by standing on one foot. But I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this much right now. If there's anything that the Holocaust proves, it proves that what uh, modern philosophy and uh, modern teaching teach about human nature is false. And it proves that what the Bible teaches about human nature is true. Because you know, modern teaching is that we're all basically okay. Uh, society is the problem. All we have to do is fix society and everybody you know, will eat strawberries and ice cream and live in harmony with each other. You know? The Bible says, no, the problem isn't society. The problem is us. Society is just a reflection of us. The problem is that we're corrupted, we're sinful. You know, and the Holocaust and, is perfect and, proof and, of that. And, and there's another dimension, too, that we, we don't often mention, but Satan, the deceiver, is at work to make people hard, uh, harden their hearts, uh, to lie to them, and to tell them Jesus doesn't matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if, if you look at the options that the world offers us as, as the solution to, to all of our problems, you know, they say, well, technology is the answer, or art and culture is the answer, or philosophy is the answer. Listen, go back to the Holocaust. Before the Second World War broke out, uh, Europe was not, you know, uh, deprived of all these things. Germany was most technologically advanced uh, society. There was plenty of philosophy and technology and art and culture coming out of all parts of Europe, including Germany. But none of that could stop the outbreak of such a horrific event as the Holocaust, because the problem is within our hearts. And if you put any one of us in a certain set of circumstances, any one of us could be guilty of the most horrific crimes. The only solution is a change of heart. And it says in Scripture, in Ezekiel, God promises, he says, I'll take away your heart of stone, I'll give you a heart of flesh, I'll put my spirit within you so that you can keep my commandments. In other words, so you can live the way I want Hallelujah. you to, to live. Hallelujah. Avi, thank you so much for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about your book, Jews for Jesus, and sharing the gospel with Jewish people? Well, the easiest way is just to go to the Jews for Jesus website at www.jewsforjesus.org. Uh, you, can, you can find my book listed there as well as all kinds of resources. Uh, there are testimonies that will encourage people. But be in touch with us. Get our free newsletter so that you'll know how to pray for the work of Jews for Jesus throughout uh, the world, in the States, in Israel, and Europe. Amen. Jewsforjesus.org. Be there, go there, and be blessed. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of local attorneys who believe in Jesus, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. I'll spell it out for you, M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website to subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates. Uh, to hear podcasts, uh, to rehear this podcast, if you wish. Uh, mention Lawyers for Jesus when you call us for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. 
I'm John Mauk, partner at Mauk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. 